Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles tonight, if you will. We're going to go to a number of different passages, but we're in the Christmas message. We're in the Christmas story as we've been these last several weeks. I want to speak to you tonight about Christmas, the revelation of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus. We are coming now upon the advent of Jesus, just four days away. How many of you know that advent means the arrival or the coming? The word advent means the arrival or the coming. I want to ask you this question tonight, and I think as I set this in our foundations this evening, I think by the end of tonight, we will answer this question a little differently And I want to ask you, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? I'm not talking about shopping or last-minute stuff at, at the grocery store or cooking or all of the hustle and bustle. Are you ready for the advent, the coming, and the appearing of Jesus? I'd like you to go to the book of Isaiah tonight. I don't think I told you a book. I just said, grab the book. Isn't that what I did to you? You're all sitting like, huh, where does he want to go? This is an amazing prophet that um, as we take to the scriptures, these, these extraordinary prophets become a part of our, our very fabric of our DNA of our story as a Christian. These prophets are still mentoring us. Do you understand that? The echoes of Isaiah, his prophetic words are still mentoring. They're still still shaping the world. They're still shaping the lives of the nations of the earth, even now. In Isaiah chapter 9, there is this mighty prophecy that is released, actually 730 years before the miracle birth of Jesus. Think of that. 730 years before the miracle birth of Jesus, the prophet of Isaiah, he would release this profound prophetic word into the earth. And he says, for unto us a child is born, verse 6, and unto us a Savior is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Somebody say amen. Amen. And upon the throne of David over His kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What a powerful prophetic word. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. If you go a few more pages back in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, you'll find this profound prophetic message. Released, And it says, therefore, the Lord himself, verse 14, 
The Lord himself will give a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. A virgin. You're going to see a sign. God is, God is going to do something so radical in the earth. Now remember, this is over 700 years before Jesus would be conceived by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit overshadows this precious young girl named Mary, and she would begin to participate in her faith with the Holy Spirit as an angel brings the message unto her. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, and, and he to be born and conceived in you is going to be called the Son of the Highest. He'll be called the very Son of God. You're to name him and call him Jesus, for he shall be great, and he shall save his people from their sins. But what an amazing sign. Isaiah says, you're, you're going to see a sign that God's going to do something so spectacular. A virgin is literally going to conceive and bear a son. Who's seen the thing? Who's ever even heard of such a thing? It's a mysterious, glorious gospel, isn't it? It's full of glory. When Paul talks about the gospel, he said it is a gospel of glory. In John chapter 1, I'd like you to go there tonight. John chapter 1, John's amazing. He doesn't, he doesn't start out with the genealogy like the other apostles. He launches, he goes way back to the very beginning and the cornerstone and the foundations of it all. And he announces and he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines, and the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Oh, I love that. In verse 14, he goes on to say, he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full. Somebody say full tonight. Say it, full. Full of grace and truth. He's the Word. He came to the earth that we might know the Father's great love for us. Hear that tonight. He came to earth that we would know the Father's great love towards us. And He came that we would know Him as Emmanuel, which means God with us and God in our midst. He was with God in the beginning. He is the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. Amen? In this Advent, which means the very arrival of Jesus, I want you to see something tonight if you're taking notes. He wanted to reveal a permanent reality that must stay with us. And this permanent reality is this, is that Jesus is the Son of God and He is the Son of Man. He is the Son of God and He is the Son of Man. Now this has to become a bedrocked permanent reality in our lives, that Jesus will forever be Son of God, Son of Man. He will forever be Son of God, 
Son of Man. Jesus ever lives. The scripture says at the right hand of God interceding for us. But I want you to see tonight that Jesus ever lives in divinity, but he also ever lives in humanity. He is not only fully God, he is fully man. He will forever be human. He will forever be man. Meaning forever he will eternally be God, yet he will eternally be man in unity as one. Amen. Now why is this so important for us to understand? Why is this so important for us to understand that Jesus is eternally, 100%, forever, Son of God, Son of Man, human, yet divine? Why is this important? Because Jesus had to be conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to be conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. He was not conceived of a sinful nature. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, which means he had divine nature. Amen? It had to be a perfect human. It had to be a perfect Lamb of God without spot or without blemish. The Bible says that he would have to endure the wrath and the punishment that God would relinquish upon sin. The punishment that was due to you and I had to be put upon a perfect man. Not just as God, but a perfect man. How do we know that? In Psalm 49, it tells us that there was no man that could fulfill this, so God literally had to incarnate himself. Meaning this, if I say that God had to incarnate himself, what I'm saying is John's declaration, the word had to become flesh. The word had to become human. Jesus had to take on flesh and humanity so that he could bear the sins that was deserving of our punishment upon himself. Are you with me tonight? In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, this is a powerful declaration. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. I'm reading out of the New King James Version right now. In verse 5, he says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Everybody see that? The man, say the man, (laughs) the man. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. What I want you to see here, notice the way that Paul writes this, that he writes Christ Jesus. He does not write Jesus the Christ. Everybody see that? And there is a difference. And the reason that I'm pointing this out and I'm giving emphasis towards this tonight is that Paul is pointing to the Christ who is eternal. He's pointing to Christ who is eternal, the son of woman who would crush the head of the serpent, according to Genesis 3.15. The very first prophecy of Jesus that he would come and he would be given through a woman. The the, the God-man would become flesh, yet he would come through a woman. And once he came as through the seed of the woman by God, once he was revealed, he would crush the head of the serpent serpent 
Somebody shout to the Lord. Come on. I want you to notice how Paul writes it. The man Christ Jesus. The word was from the beginning that John writes about. The next point I want to talk to you about tonight is this this miraculous conception before we dive back into Luke 1 as you go there tonight. And I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. The next point we're talking about tonight is the miraculous conception. See, we live in a society that has long renounced and long dismissed the idea that miracles and wonders really even exist. You understand that, folks? You understand we're living in a society where they have completely dismissed, completely erased the idea that wonders and miracles exist. But Luke points to this overshadowing of the Holy Spirit that Mary began to participate with And she began to believe, and I'm going to begin to read again out of verse 26 tonight. Are you there? And I'm reading out of the Passion. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David, and Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you. And so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this might mean for her. But the angel reassured her, Do not yield to your fear, Mary. I love how that says that. For the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen you to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as King on the ancestors David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and reign will have no limit. Think of that. His reign is going to have no limit, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to sit on planet earth in Jerusalem on the throne of David, and his reign is never going to know an end. Yeah, you can put your hands together for that. Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answers. He begins to go specifically now, and he says, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and the Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your aged aunt, Elizabeth, has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Not one promise from God 
is empty of power. Nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary responded saying, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. And as a servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything that you've told me come to pass. And the angel left her. I want to say again, it was, it was over 730 years that Isaiah would say these words out of Isaiah 7 and ver- verse 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. See, I want to fortify tonight that one of the greatest pillars of Christianity is the virgin birth of Jesus. It is a fact of Christian pillar and faith that we believe in the virgin birth. And you know today in 2019 that the virgin birth is mocked. How many of you know that? The virgin birth is is mocked. It's debated amongst atheists and agnostics as being um, narrow-minded, as as agnostics like to say. I have an announcement to make tonight. I'm Brian Gibbs, and I'm narrow-minded. I approve the message of the angel. I approve the message of God. I approve angels being sent with divine commission and assignment from the throne of God to announce that God is now going to come good on his word that was faithful when it was released. And now it's about to become a reality. Now that word that Isaiah released into the earth, now it is about to become flesh. Woo! There's been an argument in about the last 200 years or so, and it's called anti-supernaturalism, and it states that it states that God doesn't move outside of the laws of nature. God doesn't move out of the out of the laws of physics, like Jesus walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee, which we were there. And they don't believe in that. The argument is being made that, that God doesn't break out and do supernatural wonders. See, we live in an era right now of science, of big heads and lots of talk. How many of you know that? We live in an era of science that they feel that um, there can simply not be any kind of product or act of God that can be produced by supernatural power. I'm here to tell you I believe in the supernatural wondrous acts, the mysterious ways and the mysterious acts of God. And I, and I will tell you folks, as long as I'm your leader, God can move in your life in practical ways. You can see him move all around your life, but God can move in the profound profound supernatural ways that are unexplainable in your life. God can do wonders. God can release wonders through your life that everyone will have to back up and stand back and say, that was a move of Almighty God manifested for that family, for that individual. Woo! Concerning Mary, she... She was a virgin. It means that we all know what it means. It means she hadn't had any kind of engagement of sexual activity. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, it talks about Joseph. And Joseph is in this struggle about what is going on with him and Mary. 
But it says, while Joseph, while he was thinking about these things, behold, an angel. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It says, while he was thinking about these things, while he was meditating about these things that was happening, the angel came to him, and the Lord's, the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. See, denying the virgin birth of Jesus is denying the very incarnation of Jesus. If you deny the virgin birth of Jesus, you are denying that Jesus came in the flesh. It's denying that the Word became flesh and literally dwelt amongst us. The next big point tonight I want you to look at is I want you to look at their reaction of how they received this profound prophetic message and the word from the angel Gabriel. And if you look in verse 29, it says that Mary was actually deeply troubled. Look at those words. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. She was troubled. See, angels appear, and they still appear on heavenly assignment. You are amongst a family that when we pray and when we intercede, we know that the angels of God are here amongst us even now. Even amongst this family, as we have come corporately together, there is nothing about this church campus that is holy. But when we come here, those that are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, those that have been made the very righteousness of God, when we all arrive, you know what happens? This place becomes holy. We could be meeting in a field under the stars tonight, and it would become holy unto the Lord. We've done that a few times. <laughs> Angels come and they still appear and they come on assignment. They give messages straight from the throne of God. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about things that angels do. Because as you look at this supernatural story, you see the intermingling of the angels of God with men. It should not be a strange thing. Don't you let anyone in this hour talk you out of the supernatural ways of God or talk you out of God sending angels on behalf of your family, of your dreams, of your children, of, of your desires. Don't you ever let anyone talk you out of that. If it's in the Word, it's for you. Come on, church. If it's in the Word, it's for you. Doug's giving that to me. Yeah, he's giving me that grunt look like, yeah, pastor's bringing it. Angels carry messages straight from the throne of God. In Genesis chapter 18, I want you to put it in your notes tonight. There were three messengers that came to Abraham and Sarah. How many of you remember this? And they, when they came, they came bearing a message that, you're going to have a son in your old age. You remember this? And, and Sarah laughed about it. Angels were sent from the very throne of God with a message to declare, 
you are going to bring forth a son in your own in your old age but also those angels came to release wrath and judgment upon Sodom and, and Gomorrah whoa so angels come from the throne of God to release messages number 1 angel Mary Mary was disturbed it said like oh my gosh why are you here well, we're talking about angels for the next moments. So angels come from the throne of God with messages. Number two, angels come to protect and guard us and fight for us. I want to say that over you again tonight. you got to hear this. Angels come to protect and to guard and fight for you. Angels come to protect and guard and fight for you. To fight for your children. To protect your children. To guard your sons and daughters. To guard and protect your life. Psalm 91 and verse 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. See, I believe this. Well, perhaps I'm just narrow-minded. How many narrow-minded people do we have out there? Yes, that's what I thought. I knew you and I were somewhat alike in our burnings. He said, I'll give my angels charge of you. Uh, folks, we, we, can't forgive, we can't forget this. That God intersects the ways of our life. He intercepts the ways of our life by loosing angels on assignment to guard you, to keep you in all of your ways, protecting you as you drive, protecting you as you're, you're in your home, protecting you while you're at the job and at, at the business. The Lord is sending on assignment angels on your behalf to guard you, protect you, keep you in all of your ways. You've got to proclaim that word of the Lord over your family all the time. You know, so many times we see in Scripture, fear not. Do not fear. When the angel appeared, he said, don't be afraid. When you are being ambushed by a spirit of fear or when the enemy is telling that he's going to do something or he's going to try to preemptively do something over your seed, over your children, over your finances, over your business, you need to decree. No, no, no. Angels are sent to guard and protect my life and my seed and my household and my family and the enemy cannot touch them. Woo! I could run up that aisle right now. Slap a high five on you, Mike. I may get there before the night's out. Angels come to do this thing. The third thing they do, they come to serve believers. This is this is humbling. The angels literally come to serve believers, that they, they are literally sent forth on your behalf to minister to you, to minister to you, to minister to those that are hurt, to minister to those that are broken, to, to minister to those that are, that are weak from ambush and spiritual warfare and fighting. This, this holiday, like none other, is so sensitive what people go through in their lives. Some of you are facing this Christmas for the very first time. You have a loved one who is no longer here. You know what? The Lord will never forget. And he will send his angels to minister peace and comfort to you. He sends angels to serve you and energize you and strengthen your heart when you're weak. You need to be encouraged with that tonight. I'm here to encourage you. 
In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? They are ministering spirits and they're sent forth from God. I want you to hear this and understand this tonight, folks, that God really does love you and God cherishes your life. He loves you. And he cherishes your life. He watches over you. He protects you. He guards you. He is moving things all around you for your blessing and for your increase. Do you believe that tonight? How many of you remember in in Luke chapter 22 in verse 43, it says that an angel was sent forth to minister unto Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. It says, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, and what did it do? It strengthened Jesus. Do you remember this? Jesus told his disciples, please pray. My soul is in turmoil. My soul is in complete anguish. Can you imagine what it was like for those apostles to hear those words coming out of Jesus' lips for the first time, seeing fear in Jesus' face and his eyes? It was there. He was in anguish. He was in sorrow. And he said, pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Keep your watch. And while he was in great sorrow, because he knew that his hour was coming, not only was the Holy Spirit ministering to Jesus, but the Word of God says there was an angel release sent to Jesus specifically on what assignment to strengthen him you got to see this. It's appropriate for you to pray in the secret place and say, Father God, send your angel to brother so-and-so. Send your angels to sister so-and-so and strengthen them right now. I'm telling you what, I pray it all the time. I pray it over this church family. I speak and declare that God, loose your ministering angels and strengthen this family. Are you hearing this tonight? Number four, angels are sent to execute God's judgment. Wow. It's frightening, actually, to me to think that God sends angels to release his judgments in the earth. Wow. In the story that we're so familiar with in the Christmas story, a lot of times we we hurdle this judgment that was actually released by Gabriel, and it was a judgment. There was such a difference between Zechariah's response to the angel and Mary's response to the angel. Because when Zacharias was told that he would have a son, he was in total disbelief. And the angel Gabriel said, and because you have not believed the word of the Lord, he said, I am Gabriel. <laughs> He's just like, he just puts his chest out. Wait a second, Ze- Zechariah. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. I stand in the courts of the Lord. And because you did not believe the uh, the word of the Lord, you shall be mute. That's a judgment. Whoa. Angels release judgments. They execute God's judgments in the earth. Now, don't don't misunderstand. (laughs) You still with me? Don't misunderstand. God's love abided for Zechariah, but he was going to mess things up 
if he was going to be allowed to speak. And that's why God had to silence him or put a muzzle on him. You ever, you ever been just going and going and all of a sudden you realize that God's saying put a muzzle on it? Okay, okay I'll try this. Have any of, you, any of you married couples ever been in a fight and look at each other and say, you better put a muzzle on it? Okay, no one's brave enough to answer that. In other words, it goes like this. You better watch your mouth. Right? You better watch your mouth. My daughter's pointing at me saying, yeah, mom does that to you. <laughs> you ever have to put a muzzle on it? Yes, you do. Well, the angel just put a muzzle on him. You see that? Angels are sent forth to execute God's judgments. And see, Zechariah was a high priest unto the Lord. He was struck dumb because of unbelief. I, I like to use this example, and it's found in 2 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to be reading out of verse 35. But you'll read, in the time of Hezekiah, when he was facing King Sennacherib and the Assyrian army, the Assyrian army was, they were, they were at an unprecedented level of evil. What they would do to cities and nations that they would pillage and how they would decimate and destroy bodies. I'm not going to go into that tonight. And King Sennacherib, when you study his, the, the history of the Assyrians, you will find they were literally masterminds of warfare. The things that they created in warfare all came through Sennacherib's genius. But the Bible tells us in, in 2 Kings 19 that Jerusalem was now surrounded on the east side as far as the eye could see on the Mount of Olives. I love this picture because when you read the story, Isaiah the prophet, remember Isaiah is there making intercession for Israel. I, you got to see that together. I, I want to couple that together. The prophetic and intercession. Say it. The prophetic and intercession. Say it again. The prophetic and intercession. See, the, the prophet Jeremiah, he says, if you be prophets, then you must make intercession for the nation. Don't say that you're some prophet and you don't pray. No, if, you, if you're just going out and, and you're, not an, you're not truly an intercessor and you're not praying, you're just a big mouth. That's what you are. You're not a prophet. You're a big mouth. Jeremiah said, if you be prophets, make intercession. And so Isaiah is making intercession for the nation of Israel. And the Bible says that he walked up on top of the walls of Jerusalem and he decreed and declared a word to Sennacherib and the Assyrian army. And he said, not one of your arrows will fly into this great city of God, Jerusalem. Not one arrow. And overnight, we go to verse 35. It says that God released one angel. Everybody say one angel. One angel. God released one angel. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. Wow. One angel annihilated 185,000 soldiers of the Assyrian army. Folks, one angel. One angel. I'm saying to you tonight, angels execute God's judgments in the earth. 
you read through the book of Revelation, the profound assignments of angels declaring messages to the earth and executing judgments upon nations. Whoa. I want you to, I, I want you to also see this. Not only did he kill the enemy, but truly the angel protected the people of God. You can't miss that. There they are again on assignment, guarding, protecting God's elect. That's who you are. That's who we are. Come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. There's another thing that angels do, but I want to hold on to this for just a second. I want to get back to Mary's question. I'm not going to lose this fifth thing that angels do tonight, but I want to get back to Mary's question to the angel Gabriel for just a minute, and it's found in Luke 1, verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how could this be since I, I do not know a man? Sometimes we, we ask questions in disbelief. Sometimes we ask questions in doubt. Not, not Mary. Her, her question is different. How, how will this actually materialize? I don't, I don't have a realm of understanding for this. Hear that. I don't have a realm of understanding for this. How is this going to actually materialize? Because I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. And then again, the, the angel has to specifically give her the answers in verse 35. And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. And therefore, the Holy One to be born of you is going to be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived in her old age. And now this is the sixth month to her that was called barren. Don't miss it again. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Hear it again. For with God, who's saying this? Gabriel. Gabriel is heralding this. For with God, nothing is going to be impossible. What is he saying? This is just God showing off. This is God still saying, I'm all powerful. This is God saying, I'm all knowing. This is still God saying, my purposes are going to still prevail over your life. This is still God saying, I'm in charge, not the enemy. This is God saying that my word is forever and my word stands in heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. This is God saying my word stands secure. An angel gives this word and Mary responds this way, behold the maidservant of the Lord. This is powerful. She's not like Zacharias in, in, in unbelief, choosing. Remember, doubt is waffling between whether to believe or not believe, but unbelief is choosing not to believe. But Mary says this. She says, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. See, it's beautiful faith in agreement with the role of God's plan. It's beautiful faith. It's beautiful, simple faith. It's beautiful, simple faith that causes us to come into unity with God. And simply, we don't have to understand it all or have to know how it's all going to come about. 
How can we figure this out? How, Lord, how can this be? And right now, some of you are going through such desperate things in your life this very Christmas. How is this going to come about? How is this need going to be met? How is this situation going to turn for the right? How is it? Simple faith of trusting God, of saying, God, I believe that nothing is impossible. I believe nothing is impossible. I believe you are with me. God, I believe you're sending your angels on assignment for me to protect me, to guard me, to preserve me. Watch over the situation. And I'm releasing supernatural intervention by the word of prayer and the word of faith and intercession saying, God, I release your interventions and I'm going to watch your hand move. He's not only the healer of bodies. He's not only the healer of individuals. He's the healer of cities and nations. Be encouraged tonight, folks. Don't you dare be duped by what's happening right now. The enemy is trying to literally steal and snuff out the joy of America this Christmas. I say, I'm not having it. (laughs) I'm not having it. You know, there's an, old <laughs> there's an old bumper sticker from the 80s, and it said, uh, it said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. How many of you have ever heard that before? God said it. Come on, say it. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Come on, Robbie. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Ha, ha, ha. The last reasons that angels show up is they show up to worship and glorify God. They show up to worship and glorify God. It's not going to be a strange thing when angels start manifesting at victory. I'm going to say it again. It's not going to be a strange thing when angels start manifesting here at Victory. It's not going to be a strange thing when Cody's behind this keyboard and you look again and you see an angel standing behind him. It's not going to be strange. It should become normal. Because they come to worship and they come to glorify the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, something happens in the atmosphere like what was happening in this room tonight, and it's still all over you. And it's still all over me right now that when you get together in one accord in a place and people really engage their spirit, God is looking for worshipers who will worship Him in what? In spirit and in truth. And when we begin to come together, the angels watch and they say, ha, ha. And they start worshiping with us. They start singing with us. I'm telling you, I'm looking for those days. I'm looking for those days. I'm looking for those days when we have to run out of here and say, you should have been there last night. Well, why? Why? We had four angels manifest. I remember one night when Tommy Tenney and I flew to St. Louis, Missouri, and we went to meet a group of 40 ministers. It's just a small gathering of 40 ministers from across the country, and Tommy and I had got into the meeting, and the Lord started moving, and I went to the back of the auditorium, and my hands were lifted, and it was a large 
large sanctuary and suddenly I saw the form of a large, it had to be at least 30 feet of an angel over to my right. And I, I stopped and I was stunned because I saw its form. And then I saw it move from there to the back of the corner of the room and stay right there. When angels show up, they come to worship and glorify God. I want to give you the scripture out of Revelation 4 and 8. Are you still with me tonight? It says, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they came, excuse me, and they do not give rest day or night, saying, holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. What are they saying? Who is past, who is present, who is in the future. What is the advent? See, in the advent, we have to realize it is the coming of the Lord. Hear this tonight. The advent is the appearing and the coming of the Lord. Jesus was the one to come. Amen? Jesus was the one to come. Jesus is the one who came to us as Emmanuel, God with us. Yet, Jesus is the one to come again. He is the one, he is the Christ that is coming to appear again. And I want to ask you tonight in this Christmas, are you ready for his coming? That's what I'm asking you tonight. Are you ready for the appearing and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ this Christmas? He's coming with trumpets. He's coming with angels, innumerable angels. And in Revelation twenty-two seventeen, the spirit and the bride is saying, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And I know this is a different Christmas message tonight, and that was deliberate. But I want to end in this scripture, and I want you to grab your Bibles, and I want you to go to Mark chapter 13. And as we complete this scripture, we're going to come to the table of the Lord and receive tonight. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he holy? Holiness to the Lord. Watch this in verse 27. Are you there? Mark 13. Verse 27, Mark 13. Y'all didn't know Mark here wrote a book, did you? You did a great job, Mark. Mark 13 and verse 27. Look how it starts. And then he will send his angels. Wow, gosh. He'll send his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds. From the farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of heaven, 
Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch is already becoming tender and puts forth leaves, you will know summer's near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near and at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Isn't that interesting? All these prophecy preachers arm wrestling each other, leg wrestling each other with all of their charts, and it says Jesus not even the Son knows. This has been relegated over to the authority of the Father. Take heed, verse 33, are you there? Are you there? I need to know you're there. Take heed, watch, and pray. For you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants, to each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore. For you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly, he will find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Watch. I want you to put your Bibles aside tonight. I'm going to finish the rest of this message in just a few minutes, but I want you to stand. Please stand. We're going to receive of the table of the Lord. And we're going to stand in the watch of the Lord together as a family. Would you come? I'd, actually, I'd like this section just to come. Both sections over here, come. And then just find your place right here. Actually, well, let's go ahead and release. We've got those on both sides. Yeah, let's come.
Jesus, help us right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we stand before you. We stand before your throne tonight. We stand before your throne right now. Jesus, Jesus, we honor you and we worship you. We give you all the glory. Father, thank you for giving Jesus. Father, thank you for giving Jesus. Thank you. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. Tonight, Father, we honor the sacrifice of your beloved son, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus, we thank you that no man could take your life. No man could take your life. You freely laid down your life as a ransom for us. And we praise you, Jesus. And we praise you for that cross. We praise you for the whipping post. We praise you for the nails you took in your hands and your feet. We praise you for the spear that went into your side. We praise you, Jesus, for being buried. And we praise you, Father, that you showed your mighty power by raising your son from the dead. We praise you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God in the, in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Jesus, thank you. Tonight we want to pray and come into agreement right now. Just grab an elbow of somebody and just link up. As you hold the cup, just, just grab them and let's come into agreement right now for the healing of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, your people are so battered. Your people are so worn. I pray, Lord, tonight with the saints that you will send forth your angels 
to strengthen the body of Christ. Strengthen and raise up the body of Christ in this hour. I speak refreshing. I speak renewal. I speak joy. God, release your angels to strengthen the body of Christ around the world. Those that have been persecuted, God, for your namesake, strengthen your persecuted ones, our family, God. Strengthen them around the nations of the world, God. Come on, do you release that? Do you believe for that tonight? Lord, we we ask right now you'd send forth your mighty angels to strengthen those that are in prison for the gospel. Those that are being persecuted, God. Those that have been abandoned and left in secret places, God. Send your angels to them this night and this Christmas for their release and for their empowerment, God. Speak resurrection life to their flesh. Resurrection life to their bones. Resurrection life to their blood. God, energize your servants. Energize, God, your men and your women tonight. In the name of Jesus. I pray for the strengthening of the church of America. Lord, you know how the enemy is trying to make an utter mockery of the church right now in America. Well, we submit ourselves unto you, Father, and we resist him and we rebuke him. And he must flee. God, you're going to raise your church up in glory. You're going to raise your church up in power and authority and dominion and might. And the image of Christ Jesus will be seen in your church with power and demonstrations of your spirit. Oh, glory. We speak strength to the body. And I speak strength to the body of victory, a church of His presence. We loose healing virtue to flow. Healing virtue to flow in Jesus' name. Lord, we're believing that through the table of the Lord as we come into agreement and as we receive the elements tonight, God, healing virtue to flow. Healing of the mind. Healing of the mind healing of the emotions I'm going to decree tonight that generational malfunctions generational sins generational confusion be broken off in Jesus name I'm declaring he makes every crooked path straight he makes every crooked path straight he brings down the proud and the lofty and he raises up the humble In the name of Jesus, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Lord. I speak freedom and liberty. I speak wholeness to the body. Wholeness to the body. Wholeness to the body of Christ. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and he blessed it. And he he said, this is the blood of 
my new covenant unto you. Take and drink. Tonight, Lord, as we take the bread, lift it to the Lord. As we take the bread and we take the cup, let's honor the Lord in worship. Just hold it before him. We remember, Lord, your death, your burial, your resurrection. And tonight, Lord, we declare healing to our lives, healing to the body, healing to cities, and healing to the nation of America and the nations of the earth. We decree it in Jesus' name. Healing be released tonight. Let's receive the bread together. thank you that you have taken your blood and you have washed us white as snow. Our sin before you was as scarlet. We like sheep had all gone astray and went our own way. But you are the good shepherd. You came and found us. And you rescued us and washed us in your blood and made us white as snow that we may have fellowship and perfect communion together with you. Thank you, Jesus. I am white as snow. Say it. I am white as snow. Say it. I am white as snow. Clothed in righteousness. Silent night, holy night. Go ahead, Cody. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin. comfort of the Holy Spirit, filled with the glory of the Lord. 
May every home be filled with the encounters, the fresh encounters of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. May His anointing cover you. May the songs of the Lord be in your mouth. And may there be great joy and great worship in your home this Christmas. May your time together giving gifts be so beautiful. May your mealtime together, laughing together, reminiscing together and making new memories together be beautiful. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you tonight. You are covered in his glory. You're covered in his presence. The angels of God are sent forth to protect you and guard you and keep you in all of your ways. You are his beloved. Say it tonight. I am his beloved. Say it. I am his beloved. We bless you, church. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Amen. Amen. Good night. Love you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.